everyone, welcome to Relove, a podcast about self-love and loving another. I am Wendy Lim, the curious one, and I am relationship therapist Tamara Vroomen. Together we will be conversing about relationship. Tamara, what will be our topic for today? Today, I would love to talk about the flip sides of attachment styles, because normally we tend to focus on the bad things, but Mm -hmm. the good things are just as much there. Okay. And before we go any further, help me understand what is attachment style? So generally, there are four attachment styles. The first one is securely attached. This is when, you know, your parents met most of your needs. And this means that you are, you trust other people easily. You're very good at self-soothing. You're uh, responsible. Uh, you're not co- codependent. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have the anxious attachment style, which is the, the most known because it's also the fear of abandonment. Um, those people, they often struggle to communicate their needs and desires clearly, and they tend to lose themselves. Okay. And then the third one is the, the, the dismissive avoidance attachment style. And um, these people tend to have a fear of commitment. Um, they had to rely on themselves for their own soothing and comforts. They are very independent, very autonomous. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be very critical towards themselves and others. And the last one is actually more of a combination of those two, which is the fearful avoidant attachment style. So they can have a problem with um, communicating their needs. They also need time to withdraw themselves to when they are overwhelmed to actually recharge. But at the same time, they can also feel anxiety when the other person is not close. So this is more of a combination of two. Mm. And you mentioned there is a flip side to it. So there is something beautiful and something positive that we could take away from the attachment styles. Tell me more about that. Well, I'm going to use myself as an example again. Mm -hmm. Um, I tend to identify most with the dismissive avoidance attachment style. And this one has a very bad reputation. There's this Instagram account and it's called the loving avoidance. And I love this one because, you know, people with dismissive avoidance attachment style, people think that they don't want to have connection or that they are cut off. But this this is completely not the case. Um, There are even people that say that these these people that have this kind of attachment style are narcissists or they're egocentric. Mm -hmm. But I don't see that at all. Um, generally speaking, people that have this attachment style, they are very, um, good at relying on themselves and they are what I call very good in standing because if I look at myself, I'm very good at standing my ground, standing up for myself, standing on my own two feet, Mm -hmm. standing up in the crowds. (laughs) So these people are really good at taking their space. But the thing is, people with an, they also attract people with an anxious attachment style because they are the opposites of the both poles. Okay. So we also tend to be attracted to people that um, have correct characteristics that we would love to have for ourselves. 
So people with an anxious attachment style, they tend to be more insecure. So they look at this person and they see this person with confidence and they are attracted to that. And then when the person with the dismissive avoidant, um, when he or she really stands up for themselves, it can feel like they take up all the space. Mm. And then the person with the anxious attachment style, they can... Um, they can shame and blame the other for taking all the space. And that can be a little bit unfair. What what happens then in that dynamics? Well, this is also uh, where uh, this has to do with needs and boundaries a lot. So, for example, um, and I'm going to use myself as an example. So... I can get overwhelmed easily as well. So especially when I have a very busy working day, um, I need some time to recharge. And this is when I go into my woman cave is what I call. Mm -hmm. My woman cave is my bedroom. And for all of my life, also in my own childhood, my bedroom was my safe haven. Mm. Um, this is where I read my books. Um, this is where I listened to music. So that was really my safe space. So when I'm overwhelmed, um, I go into my own bedroom, I close the curtains and I need this time to recharge. But this could feel for an anxious person, this could feel like I'm out of connection with them. And, and anxious people have this sixth sense of feeling when the other person is out of connection. So that's the moment when they reach out. Even if they are in a different city, for some reason, they can feel this. Mm. So they reach out and they send a text or they call. But I, at that moment, I don't have the energy to respond to, to this text. So for me, it feels very needy and I can feel this energy really clinging on me. So if I respond a little bit in a short way, like, yes, I'm very tired, I'm, I'm in my woman cave tonight, it could be that the anxious person reaches out to me even more. And if I really set my boundary then and my needs, and I say, um, I would really appreciate it if we would talk tomorrow because I feel I don't have the energy right now to communicate, mm -hmm. um, and the other person says, but I have my own needs too. And I feel you're shutting me down and you're, you're not connecting with me. And that's not okay. And he starts calling me and calling me and texting me. Um, that is very challenging because I can feel really guilty because the other person says, I'm now panicking because you are not wanting to have a connection with me. Mm. And then they say, you take all the space. You are now the one that is deciding how much contact we have and so i am actually from self-love and self-soothing i'm actually standing up for myself and really saying hey i need time for myself but then the other person can shame me for that and guilt trip me for that and then saying i take all the space hmm. so what then would be the flip side of this attachment style the positive well, side of it the positive side of, of the, 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 the dismissive avoidance is actually that they are really good at um, expressing their boundaries mm. and their needs. Mm. And they're very good at being in contact with those needs and those boundaries. So that is the, the, the flip side of that. Mm. And what then would be the flip side of the other styles? People that have an anxious attachment style, they tend to give themselves away. But this also means the flip side of it is that they are 
often incredibly generous, very sensitive and very attuned to other person's needs. So if I'm having a bad mood and I'm not even really that aware, they tend to see and notice that. And, you know, as a surprise, they might cook me my favorite dinner. So that is the flip side of that. And that is really, really beautiful. Mm. So it's almost like they have this, as you said, sixth sense to feel it even before you feel it. Exactly, yes. Or even before you acknowledge that emotion. Yes, exactly, Mm. yeah. Any other styles that you could share on the flip side? Well, when it comes to the fearful avoidance attachment style, this is a combination of both. So sometimes when a dismissive avoidant has a relationship with an anxious person, they are like a cat and a dog. So they can have a lot of problems or challenges challenges with communicating with each other because it's almost like they speak a different language. Mm. The The one is so independent and the other one is so uh, needing that it could be very challenging. But the fearful avoidant one actually has a lot of uh, empathy. So it can really relate to both the attachment styles. So this means that they are very good in compromising. And the last one... People that are securely attached, yes, generally you can say that they are pretty balanced. Mm. Um, They are really focusing on win-win situations. Mm -hmm. Um, They can be very honest with their needs um, and they're really good at asking for help, which is a problem for both an anxious person and an avoidant person. Mm -hmm. And I think um asking for help and receiving help is some something that can be very challenging and they tend to be really good at that mm-hmm. can any of the other three styles then shift their styles to be more secured yeah i think so because a lot of attachment styles come with certain skills or a lack of skills mm-hmm. so For example, what we just spoke about uh, and receiving help, this is a skill that you can learn. So if you are aware of the fact that you never ask for help, and this also creates this disbalance that we spoke in this other episode about when Uh it comes to self-love and expressing your needs in relationships. Uh So if you are aware that you are creating this disbalance in a relationship and that you should ask for help more, um, this is... This is a a skill that you can actually develop and it can be very challenging and difficult. But if you would um, discuss this with your partner and make it also like a fun game for like, okay, I'm going to ask for help more. And you can also start with with little things. So if I look at myself as a dismissive avoidance, um, if I'm cooking in the kitchen and I need something from the top shelf and I cannot reach it, and I have a very tall boyfriend, I would not even ask my boyfriend to get it. Mm -hmm. I would probably do something very dangerous and sort of stand on something that is, you know, very unstable so I could fall and break my neck, (laughs) but I would still get it myself. Mm. And these little things are actually perfect to start practicing in asking for help because we also tend not to ask for help because we are so afraid that the other person would say no and no means rejection. And again, rejection in our childhood means that we will die. 
So uh, we are asking for help is the same as being afraid of being rejected. But we can we can practice this, and especially when the other person knows about this, they can help us practice with it. Mm. And I'm <laughs> part of me is still visualizing your your <laughs> example. It's like you're Dutch, you're tall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm not so tall because I am one sixty six, and the kitchens are made for the average height, which is. Uh, a woman is 174 and a guy is 184. So okay. I'm still small. <laughs> that's, that's, that's interesting for me, just the different human sizes all around the world. Because I'm average back home, but here I'm small. I'm very yes. small. <laughs> and it's also funny how, you know, the, the houses are built with that, with that height. Because in the Netherlands, you can probably not even reach the lower shelf, right? <laughs> yes, and the funny thing about the Netherlands for me is the toilets are built for tall people. <laughs> so when I sit, my feet cannot touch the ground. <laughs> oh, that's 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 funny for sure. Yes, including the airport. So, <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm feeling that the flip side for attachment style. There's a lot of beauty in it. And there's a lot of things that we could appreciate about it. And I wonder how can we help each other recognize their styles and help each other be better in coming closer to a secure style. I think it's so important that we recognize um, each other's flip sides mm. because we tend to, you know, point to the other person and say, you're so needy, you are, you keep on wanting connection and we don't value the fact that the other person, you know, that the need for connection is something beautiful and that we don't value that. So I think it's very important that we keep on complimenting each other and acknowledging the work that we do because even the small things can be so challenging. Even, you know, when I reach out for that thing on the top shelf and I ask for help, mm. you know, that is already so challenging for me that it's that, you know, if, if the other person would recognize that and gives me a compliment on that, that is so meaningful. Or, mm. you know, when I had this other thing, when I, I had a long distance relationship, so we, we did not see each other mostly for four, five or six days. And when we would see each other again, I, it took me a long time to sort of um, get used to him again. So in the first two, three, four hours, I was a bit shy and I was more inwards. And that was hurtful for him because he immediately wanted to connect. Mm. He was like a dog, mm. you know, like, oh, yes, I see her again. Jump, 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 jump. And I was more like a cat, you know, when, when you come home from a holiday and the cat is like, oh, you're there. Okay, whatever, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, but I really tried to work on this. So, um I really tried to, um, I did ask for space, like, okay, can you give me some time to land, you know, give me a cup of tea. And, and then I would do, I would reach out to him to, mm. to hug him, etc. And I, that would go every time this would go faster and better, mm. but I could feel very resentful if he would not acknowledge 
those things that were already really big for me and would still, you know, focus on the bad things of my attachment style. Yeah. Like, um, you know, you, you are, when you, when we have been together for two, three days, you are going to the bedroom and you don't want to talk to me and I'm so sick and tired of this. You know, if, if he only focuses on that and he doesn't see all the other things that I do to actually connect with him more, yeah, that, that can become really, really draining. Mm. On both sides. Yes. Yeah, mm. for sure. So the other thing that is very important in looking at the flip sides of, of attachment styles is to, of course, have more compassion towards the other um, with their attachment style. So, mm -hmm. for example, uh, with me being a dismissive avoidant, um, you, could, um, you could understand more that my need for space is not personable, is not personal. And it's not about not wanting to be with you because mm -hmm. I really do want to have connection. But my need for space says everything about me. And, um, and I'm also very sensitive to um, feeling shamed, exposed or criticized. So if you want me to fulfill your needs but you do it in a in a criticizing way like why are you going to the bedroom again why are you not reaching out to me that would only that will make it make make it worse because i'm an avoider mm. so when there's a conflict i turn inwards even yep. more what then would be the better thing to do um well Criticizing is pointing towards the other, you know, saying mm -hmm. when you go to, to the bedroom, you're out of contact and I don't think that's okay. But you could also say, you know, in a moment when I'm actually recharged again and you can feel because an anxious person can feel when I'm in a good mood. So mm. it's really important also to pick the right time of the day to, to discuss this. So then you can actually discuss like... The other person can say, I feel I get very anxious when you go to the bedroom and I really know that you desire this, this need for space and I truly appreciate that. Um, I just need your help in dealing with my anxious feeling and what I would need from you um, and we, we can discuss if this is possible that before you go into the bedroom, you express to me that, hey, I feel I need some time to recharge. This has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. And that you give me a hug. Mm. Absolutely. And, and they can also play that game you said in a previous episode, the one that is like, if it was completely up to me, I would love for you to give me a hug before you go to the bedroom. Exactly, exactly, yes. Yeah, make yeah. it playful, you know, because mm. when, an, when an avoidant person has the feeling that the other one is upset or angry, mm -hmm. they will avoid and they will get out of the connection even more. Mm. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm feeling that there's a lot of little things that we can do and if we stitch all the tips from the previous episodes, we are really moving into building better and better relationship with each other. Yes, and really getting to know each other and be, be compassionate with each other. And this is, 
this is the beauty and it's the challenge of being in in a relationship right mm -hmm. we are our own human beings we have our own upbringing we have our own traumas but we also have we know we are we have we are born this way as well we have certain characteristics sure. you know i had a long time but this is also <laughs> This is also part of the dismissive avoidance style. I had a long time, like for eight or nine years, I was single. And I was like, why would I have a relationship anyway? Because it's so much trouble because you really, you know, you have to compromise a lot. And I tend to lose myself. And then there's all these fights. And when I'm alone, it's so much uh, easier. And I even had this sort of saying that I always said that having a relationship is solving problems that you would not have when you would be alone. And, um, but the thing is we humankind is wired for connection. There is so much beauty in love and there is so much growing opportunity in love. Mm -hmm. You know, if we really learn to live together, well, in my case, not live, live together because I don't want to live with another person in one house. But um, if, if, if we learn to be with each other and to connect with each other and to be compassionate towards each other and compassionate towards ourselves. And I have learned so much of my last relationship and that had an effect on everything of my life. Mm. It had an effect on setting boundaries towards friends and boundaries towards colleagues. And I got in, in contact with my emotions so much more because when you're single, you are not confronted with your emotions and the other person's emotions. But if you are, it can be scary, but at the same time, emotions are so beautiful, you know, because if you don't experience emotions, you get a very boring life mm. and feeling all of these emotions that is the human experience right yep. so that's the beauty of you know love and and being with each other and growing with each other yep. and again it goes back to letting ourselves be vulnerable in experiencing the different emotions and mm. the intensity of those emotions for sure yes and, you know, I think there is, of course, a huge problem in, especially in Western society, that so many people are depressed. Mm -hmm. And I really think it's because we, we got so scared of emotions and we tend to, um, if we have a bad emotion, we tend to, you know, give ourselves antidepressants or go into therapy. We, we tend to fix emotions, but the only thing we actually have to do is to acknowledge them and to see the beauty of it and to be thankful for this human experience, how challenging it can be sometimes. But mm -hmm. this is really why, this is what life is all about. You know, we, we get this opportunity to do this life on earth and to, you know, of course, when you look at the great gods, they say they've put these humans on earth because they feel all of these emotions that the great gods don't feel. and they are looking through us, you know, yeah. to experience this all. And, uh, and I, I think that's, ab that's ab absolutely true. And important to really acknowledge those emotions. I, I really like what you said that about acknowledging those emotions. It's almost like if they are not acknowledged, they will shout louder to make you acknowledge them. <laughs> oh, yes. And you know what's so funny? The body... Um, emotions and the body they are they are friends they go hand hand in hand mm -hmm. today i 
I read an article about, um, you know, the, the peeping sounds in your ear. Uh-huh. This, you know, this is something that medical science has not have a solution for. But so many people um, actually have this because of psychological problems. So this article was about a man and he had his own business already for 40 years. And um, he went to the psychologist with this problem. And then the psychologist said, if your body had all the answers and was the wisest one, what would your body want to tell you with the peeping sound in your ear? Mm. And then the man said that I need to slow it down. And then he found out that um, he had this deep feeling of not being good enough. So the reason why he had this successful business is because always on willpower, he was trying to be better and better and better. And the moment that he acknowledged this and he allowed himself to slow down and to also acknowledge and connect with the feeling of not being good enough, immediately in that session, the peeping sound in his ear went down. Wow. It was so clear. Wow. It's amazing what happens when we tune into ourselves and listen to what our body and our subconscious is trying to tell us. Exactly. And, you know, we need to... We are different people, so we all have a different battery, you know. Some people are extroverts and, you know, they can be around people constantly and other people are introverts and they need more time to recharge. And we really need to listen to our boundary and honor these needs and these boundaries. Mm. And, you know, we, we cannot... Sometimes I even caught myself doing that. Like, why are you saying no to this meeting with me? Um, don't be a pussy, you know, just suck it up and come with me. (laughs) But, you know, then I I, I know that that is something um, I can hear my grandmother saying that, you know, this is something that my upbringing has taught me, you know, just man up and go anyway. But if you keep on doing that, this is also the reason why so many people are in in a burnout. Mm. So it's so important that we... um, that we value who we are and that we, you know, listen to our boundaries and, and our needs, even though you might risk rejection, rejecting the others. Mm-hmm. And this is so important in relationships that we communicate this very well. And, um, and this, yeah, coming back to, to the attachment styles, this is so important that we see and acknowledge each other and, the amount of connection that we need and that there is no bad or wrong. I mean, a person that's anxious might need a little bit more connection than an avoidant person, but there's no right or wrong for both of them. Hmm. But it is important to communicate about it and to see if there is a compromise. And, you know, sometimes like me and my last ex, we came to the conclusion that it was too far away. We, you know, his need for connection Mm-hmm. was too far away of my need for, you know, being autonomous. Mm. And, you know, we we tried and we agreed with, to it. And we, we are still friends because it was not our fault. He wasn't bad or I wasn't bad in that sense. Yeah. And there's so much wisdom in recognizing that. Exactly, yes. Mm. What would be the one thing you want to leave our listeners with? I think it's 
it's it, it can be very helpful to check and see what our attachment style is. And you can actually do tests on the internet. And there's a lot of uh, Instagram accounts like um, Rising Woman or uh, Sylvie Caucasian or The Loving Avoidance. Um, to actually see if there is a certain um, attachment style that you can identify with. Mm -hmm. They sort of roughly say that 40 to 60% has an insecure attachment style. Mm. And then the other thing to, that is very interesting to check is your love language. So there is the five long love languages by Gary Chapman. Mm -hmm. And this is also a way that, you know, we... Um, we need the other person to do so that our, our needs will be met. So mm. this could be, you know, physical attention or quality time or compliments or acts of service. Because if you are aware of your attachment styles and the challenges, challenges that come with it and also the qualities that come with it, uh, we might feel more compassion towards ourselves and more compassion towards the other person. And I think that is the basis of a deeper connection, which I think we all crave for. Mm, absolutely. And that brings us to the end of this episode. So for our listeners out there, thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed this episode and you have learned something, do share this with your friends, you know, recommend Relove to other people who may just need to relove themselves. So we're signing off. Bye for now. Bye for now.